Grr, arg. Hello there. Welcome back to another edition of the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to examining film from a screenplay writer's perspective. I'm your host for this week. My name is Marcelo Nostroza, joined as always by the only person that sort of motivates the crap out of me like nobody else. She is my Chadich. She is my mentor. And she is my dear friend, Dean Stark. And on today's show, we'll be talking about an 80s classic. We'll be talking about the 1987 film RoboCop. So as we do every week, I will hand over the baton so Dean can walk us through this film scene by scene. RoboCop was actually a request from one of my friends, one of my very, very, very tall, very weird, very lovable friends, Michael Dobos. This is one of his favorite movies. He requested we do it. So here we go. Here you go, Michael. This is this is for you. So RoboCop, as Marcelo said, 1987, directed by Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> Verhoeven. Verhoeven. There you go. Thank you very much. Written by yeah. Edward uh, Numia, you Numia, <laughs> Numia, yeah, Numia. New, is it and and Michael Miner? Thank fuck. That's right. That's right. Okay, Numia and thank Michael you. Miner. Yep. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are much better with writers and directors' surnames than I am because <laughs> yes, you know I them. I don't. I don't know them. Yeah, okay. In a in a dystopic and crime ridden Detroit, a terminally wounded cop returns to the force as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories okay so the opening scene there's a news story and it's so funny the news story is so fucking 80s <laughs> it is so the music is 80s i mean obviously i look i know this is a 1987 film but it's just it made me chuckle because it's the it's it's 80s and i was like oh this is fun so the news story that they're talking these news anchors are talking about are basically showing how violent the world is so there is no i don't think they did a title card on what the year was but it's like in the near future i don't did was there a title card or you just kind of have to guess no there was no title card for this movie yeah so it's it's kind of in the near future and they're showing how violent the world is i mean fuck it could have been a news story from yesterday to be perfectly honest (laughs) um and one thing they do is they show really, I don't know why the director did this. I like it, but I don't know why. They show really random ads, like really over-the-top dramatic ads. Like they, sh- the first one they showed was like a, for, for medicine or something, and there's this doctor saying, you can get a heart. I don't know. It's weird. And they did the, he did that like three or four times to it. And it made no sense. <laughs> Listen, no, yeah. I liked it, but it was so random. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think, you know, I, I, one of the, one of the great things about this movie is it's, it's, it's social satire commentary on society. And I think the ads play a large part in doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So anyway, we're seeing how violent the world is. And then we go to a news story about Detroit police, three officers are dead. And then we meet Dick Jones, uh, which is the CEO of Omni, which his corporation actually controls Detroit police, right? Which sounds terrible, but you know, again, could have been this news. This news story could have been done yesterday. So anyway, they're interviewing him, and the first, I love this dialogue because it really sets up who he is as a person. He says, "Every police officer knows the risks. 
And so you you get a gist straight away. He doesn't give a shit. He does not give a shit about police officers dead. He's got a job to do. He wants to make money. He doesn't fucking give a shit. And then we're introduced. This is in the same news story. We switch over to Clarence Bodica. And he is a crime boss, and they basically said he's said he's at large, and he's killed over thirty-one police officers. Right, so they've set Dick Jones up, they've set the world up, and they've set um, the the kind of main bad guy Clarence up. So, and that's within the first five minutes of the movie. So, I think as a, as as a setup goes from a screenwriter's perspective, I think this movie is actually set up perfectly you know what you're in for you know what the movie is you know what the tone is fuck straight away what do you think one thing i really admired about this movie is the setup of this movie because the setup is done through watching a news report of these reporters sort of giving you the lay of the land they introduce the big corporation that uh, controls the police they introduce uh clarence Barker. And they give you a sense of what the world is like. So it's very, very economical. And also it's not force fed down your throat. It, it's, it's very, very, it, it flows and it fits, which I, which I liked very, very much. Yeah, I agree. So uh, the next scene is we're at, the, we're at a police station and we get introduced to Alex Murphy. And he's a new police officer. He's transferred in. He's replacing one of the dead officers that was in the news report. And Murphy is getting changed into his uniform. And he's talking to the other police officers. And the other police officers, they fucking hate their job. They want to strike. You know, there's not enough of them. They keep getting killed. There's, they have no cover. And one of them says, welcome to hell. <laughs> so you can see straight up the police station is shady at the police officers they're not shady but like the police force is shady they've got no protection they go out they get killed nobody gives a shit nobody gives a crap about their working conditions and then we meet Anne lewis which is um she's basically beating up a male assailant so straight away she's been um she's set up as a no-nonsense she's tough as nail she's not a beauty queen um and she is uh, going to be Alex Murphy's new partner. So she doesn't even need to say anything. She's just she's just tough. So she was set up quite well. So anyway, that was the first scene. What did you think? I really like the introduction of Murphy's partner, Lewis, because like you just said, she's introduced being the shit she's introduced being the shit out of a suspect. So right from the get, you understand that she's very capable and she knows how to handle herself. And that will come into play a little bit later on the other thing that i really really like about this movie is in this movie particularly in the first two scenes you really understand what can happen to a city if 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 the city is controlled by a big corporation and and if you put if you put all your cards in one basket and if you give sole control to a big corporation Something like this could actually happen, and it's kind of really terrifying how how a giant corporation like uh, like like the one that Doug that 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 Jones works for handles themselves if they have control of everything. Yeah, exactly right. So now we're with Dick Jones, 
and he's having a board meeting. And he, because he's the CEO of the corporation that controls Detroit police, he's telling them that Detroit police needs a 24-hour cop that doesn't need to eat or sleep. And then he introduces them to something called the Ed 209, which is basically a massive robot. The, the, the arms, a gun. It doesn't look like a person. It's just like a, I don't know. What does it look like? If, for, no, for people that have randomly not fucking seen this movie, what does Ed 209 look like? It looks like a, it looks like a mech droid. Okay, whatever that is, go with no, that. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Uh, a mech droid. A mech droid is 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 a, is, is a tiny, tiny robot. Except this is Eddie's massive. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 But, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, it looks like it looks like a a, a droid, a, a droid with like with like with like a, a, a reasonably sized massive droid with two guns. The other, you know, you know, the other thing about this board meeting is that the other thing that you find out in this board meeting, if I just could, just one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the corporation that controls Detroit or all Detroit, as they call it, the only thing that this corporation wants is they want to build an entirely, they want to build an entire new city over the old Detroit. So they are, so they are really, really concerned with getting rid of the riffraff that controls the city. So that's why Doug Jones wants to employ this program where he has this machine doing the job that a cop does. But there's a, there's a massive problem with that, 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 you know, you know, that we learned throughout the course of the film. Yes. So, uh, we still at the board meeting and Dick is talking, he's talking up Ed 209. This is his baby. This is kind of his creation. He's saying this is the future um, kind of of law enforcement, and he gets a board member to pick up a gun and point it at Ed, Ed 209 and say, look, just just point it, don't do anything, just point it. So he points it at the robot, and the robot says, put down the weapon, you have 20 seconds to comply. He does, he puts down the weapon, and then Ed kind of starts to malfunction and goes berserk, and then he kills the guy that was pointing the gun at him, and Dick Jones is like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen, or was it? But we don't know that yet. So I'm spoiling it. But if you fuck, have you not seen Robocop? Not you, but like the people listening. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody's seen it. So anyway, he goes berserk. He kills the guy. And one of the board members mentions he's actually been, because, okay, he's the, Dick Jones is the CEO, but then there's a guy above him. There's his boss. And his boss is not fucking impressed that this guy's, mal- that this fucking robot has malfunctioned. So Doug one of the Jones, board members. Doug Doug Jones is, is, is actually the the co-CEO. So Doug Jones is second in command above the guy who actually who above the guy who is the chairman of the board. Sorry. Right. So Doug Jones is the actor. We're talking about Dick Jones. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Doug uh, Jones uh, is sorry. the silver surfer. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, go ahead. I, I completely lost what I completely lost what I was gonna say. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. So anyway, one of the board members mentions he's been working on a program called RoboCop, a RoboCop program that he feels is the solution to the issue that that they're having. But the only problem is, like, the program is ready. He just kind of needs a volunteer. So that's that's that scene. No, I, I look, look, I, I really, really love the design of Ed 209 because when they made this movie, it was it was the 80s people, we, we, you know, uh, 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 visual effects was nowhere near where it is today. So Ed 209 is basically stop motion. So every time Ed 209 moves, you can tell that it's stop motion. Oh, and yeah. I just, 
I, I just love the way that it's done. And also, I really love Paul Verhoeven uh, in the you know you know in the eighties uh, specifically does two movies that are really really ultra violent, but they really have a lot to say about society. And the ultra violent the ultra the ultra violent part of it all is when Ed Two Hundred Nine kills this poor board member who is uh, pointing the gun at him. Like fifty different squigs, squ- squibs go off in this poor actor's body, and I'm, and I'm, I was watching this movie in preparation for the com- for this conversation. I was like, you know, God bless this actor because that that those squibs going off, they have to hurt, because like, because because he was lit up like a Christmas tree, man. I I just I, I I just applauded that actor for doing that. I mean that that had to really hurt. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. When all those blood packs were like exploding on him, I was like, oh my God, bless that actor's soul. (laughs) That would have been horrible to go through. Like one would be bad enough, but he had them all down his legs, his chest, down his arms, like, and they were going off boom, 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 boom. Poor actor. Unless it was a stunt guy, I don't know. But um, yeah, I was was actually thinking the same thing. So moving on now, we're with Murphy and Lewis and they're sitting on the hood of the car and they're kind of just waiting around to kind of maybe get a call. And Murphy is, he's twirling his gun and uh, Lewis comes out and he goes, why are you doing that? And he says, oh, my son saw it on some cop show and he asked me if I can do it. So I'm practicing. So, so, you know, I can, I can do it for him. There's a reason I'm bringing that up, by the way. Yeah, that's not just is. that's not a nothing burger. No. There's a, this no, is a setup. That's a, that's a hat. That's a hat. This is a setup. Um, so they get a call to pursue a van, and um, it's just been it's just been um, it's kind of uh, what is it? it? It's a it's a it's just done it like a robbery, and then yeah. and so they get in the car and they speed off, and then we cut to the van and Clarence. And look, the guy that plays Clarence for anybody that plays He's that great. 70s show anybody that plays anybody that watches that 70s show this is red foreman yeah and it's so really great. weird seeing him as a bad guy but he plays such a good bad i think he was <laughs> so the bad great. guy in the have you seen movie fortress i think he was yes. the bad guy yes, in that uh-huh. yeah 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 i think he was too yeah yeah he plays a really really good bad guy but he, but he also plays comedy really good because obviously that 70s show i mean he was just a fucking legend anyway right so anyway, um, cut to Clarence, the crime boss, um, and he's, he's not in the having van. a good day. <laughs> no, he's he's in the van with his lackeys, and it's so funny because this just showcases his personality. I he sees the cop car coming. Um, oh, basically, he checks the money that they've just robbed. One of his lackeys, who's an idiot, has burnt all the money, and he's fucking pissed. Mm. And then he sees the cop car coming behind him, and he goes to the driver. Listen, there's a cop car. You got to go faster. And the, the the driver's like, "What?" And then Clarence starts punching him and kicking him, just fucking do what I say. He's like kicking him and, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's got serious anger issues. But, again, it's his character. He doesn't give a shit about anybody, his gang, nobody. All he cares about is his money and himself. He doesn't care if he's like his die, which is going to come up. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. It's going to happen a lot. Yeah. So there's 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 a shootout while they're while they're driving, which is very weird because uh, maybe maybe that happens in Detroit. I don't know. So Murphy is hanging out the window, shooting the van, uh, fucking broad daylight. There's other cars on the road, and they're trying to trying to shoot back. And the back doors open, and then uh, Murphy um, shoots, gets one of them in the legs or something, and then um, the, the Clarence. 
yeah, Clarence grabs him and asks if he can fly, and then he just throws. He's not even dead. He just he just shot him in the leg, so he would have survived. He says, "Can you fly?" And then he throws the co- the guy, the guy, one of his like gang members, out the window onto the windscreen of the cop car. Like he does not give a shit about anybody that's working for him. They're just basically cannon fodder. So um, they follow the van to like an old steel mill, and Murphy and Lewis split up. They don't. I don't. Do they call for backup? They do. They actually. They actually call for backup twice. Once on the highway. And once when they get to the steel mill, but yeah, when they nobody ever the, came. <laughs> when they when they get when they get to the steel mill, it turns out that backup is fifteen minutes away. And Murphy right. asked Lewis. Murphy asked Lewis once they figure out that backup is fifteen minutes away. He goes, "What do you think?" And Lewis is the one that says, "Let's go for it." Yeah, she's ballsy. Yeah, she's ballsy. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I uh, yeah, they probably should have waited because but yeah, if they yeah, waited, no, there's no, no movie. Yeah. No, yeah, no, but 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 but. Also, but also that one decision really, really propels the movie forward because if Lewis would have waited, yeah. probably what is going to happen would have never happened. Yeah. So they're in the building. They, they, they split up and then Murphy finds one of the gang members and this is another setup and he points the gun at him and he says, dead or alive, you're coming with me. So that's another setup. And then, then Clarence comes in with a gun and there's this whole thing. Lewis is fucking on the other side and, Clarence comes in and basically what happens, this is like a condensed version, is there's like five or six, seven gang members and they all point their gun at Murphy, point their fucking shotguns and handguns and whatever, and they shoot him. So they shoot him like 50 times. First of all, Clarence shoots shoots his hand off, right, and then all the other guns, which is like gnarly, and all the other, um, they just, it's like a firing squad. They're just yeah, shooting him. There's yeah. like 50. They don't even stop after like a few. They're having so much fun. This is how yeah, devastating he, it is. And he yeah. Murphy falls to his knees. Lewis sees this, but obviously she can't do anything because she would be die too. He falls to his knees and then Clarence shoots him in the side of the head and Murphy goes down. So it's a brutal scene. To, it's brutal. I mean, it's, br- it's, it's a brutal scene. It's, but it's, it's a good yeah, scene because it, yeah. that's the story. Anyway, go for it. Go for it. No, but, um, I'm, no, but I'm sorry. That... Um, that scene is really, really fucking atrocious because when I saw this movie as a kid, um, look, I, I love RoboCop. I've always loved RoboCop. But the first time I saw this movie, this specific scene gave me nightmares for fucking weeks because I would I, I would wake yeah. up in a cold. I Seriously, I'm not kidding. I would wake up in a cold sweat thinking I was the one in the warehouse getting shot. Um, How old were you when you saw it? I must have been like, Six or seven? Who the hell yeah. let you watch that when you were six? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. It, look, look. My, look. My dad was here from Florida, and my dad really, you know, you know, my dad really let me watch a lot of stuff. I watched uh, Trading Places when I was too young. I watched uh, Terminator, the original Terminator, when I was too young. I watched a lot of crazy. I, I watched a lot of gnarly stuff when I was too young. But I really love how violent this scene is. And again. We uh, uh, earlier we mentioned the bu- the the blood plaques on that guy that Ed two hundred nine shot. Yeah. This is worse because <laughs> yeah. because because poor poor Peter Weller gets shot like he gets shot with squibs like fifty fucking times. So I'm like, uh, <clears throat> so I'm like, how do these actors do it, man? I mean, I mean, you know, God bless these actors who had to wear squibs and shit because that shit is not fun. I think the difference with Peter, with so the with Peter is that 
he um, was actually wearing one of those puffy vests. Like it's like a right, bulletproof right, right. vest. So they would have put the squibs in that. So I don't think it would have actually been not like the other that guy. Bad. The other guy was, yeah, it wouldn't have been that bad. It would have gone off just with just below the vest. So I feel mm-hmm. like it would not have been as bad as the other guy that was just wearing a shirt and they would have had to put it on his skin. Yeah. Also, also, I have to mention the thing that's really, really fucked up is Clarence goes over, you know, once they, once they shoot him and Clarence does a really, really cool, but mean thing with his rifle. He goes, he goes, no, 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 no. He does that thing from Caddyshack <laughs> before. He, I mean, it, it's really, really seductive and fucked up. But yeah. I always, I always remember that. And <laughs> when Clarence does that, I asked my dad, "Where is that from?" And he's like, "You never seen the movie Caddyshack? We're gonna watch Caddyshack." So, um, because of RoboCop, I ended up watching Caddyshack a couple of days later, and I found out where that came from. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, <clears throat> the next scene is it really, really trips me the fuck out. Because Murphy has been shot fifty times; he's been shot in the head. Yet he's rushed into hospital, into the ER, and the doctors are trying to save his life. Clearly he's fucking dead. <laughs> so, and then they actually declare it. They try to, they actually, it's funny because they rip his clothes off and he actually, he's actually got no bullet wounds on his chest. <laughs> so I think that was an oversight by the director. Wait a second. So are you saying that when they rip him open, he has no bullets? I didn't notice that. He had no bullets on his chest? Yeah, when they take his um, shirt, when they rip his shirt off um, yeah. to, to put the defibrillator on, there's actually no bullet wounds. There's blood, but there's no wounds. He should be, he should be, he, he, his, his chest should be inside out. His chest should be I know. mush. Go back and watch yeah. it. There's no fucking wounds. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so weird, so weird. But it was so weird that they were trying to revive him. Like he's, he was shot in the fucking head. Um, so I thought that that was quite odd. No, I, you know what, you know what? I think the reason that they were trying to revive him and make him stable was, I think that they knew once he came in or when he was coming in, that he was a candidate for the RoboCop program. So that's why they were trying to save him. You know what? My friend said that to me yesterday, cause I was going on about how this fucking scene makes no sense, but this wasn't. Oh. This was a normal, like, hospital. There was nothing that said these people worked for that corporation or anything. So it's like, you know what I mean? There was, there yeah. was nothing to say that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that the 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 higher ups at uh, uh, at at OCP, that's the company, would know that a critical wounded one of their police officers is coming in, and one of their police officers is a high candidate for the Robocop program? But that wasn't said. And they declared him dead. At the end of the scene, they go, oh, we got to call it. So they declared right, him dead. Right. Um, right, right, right. Just a little bit, Just let's just have a little bit of trivia that I don't have in my trivia, but um, I thought this was um, really fun. Um, that scene with those doctors trying to, trying to, trying to um, revive him, those were actually uh, real doctors. Huh? Yeah. So they were real doctors and nurses uh, and all the dialogue was ad-libbed because the director wanted it to be as real as possible. So they're actually real doctors. Okay. Right. ER doctors. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I, I love Paul Verhoeven, but this is not, this is not my favorite Paul Verhoeven movie. We'll, we'll get to that one eventually, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, but I really appreciate the way that Paul Verhoeven directs his stuff. I don't think that a lot of, 
uh, a lot of um, a lot of directors from other countries direct their stuff quite like he does. You know what? I'm going to say something, and it's probably sure. going to piss ev not you. It's probably going to sure. piss every single fan of this movie off. I sure. don't think that this guy directed this fantastically. I think it's okay. not good directing at all. Okay. Okay. All right. There were a lot of shots I mean, he used where I went, oh, yeah. why are you? Yeah, but because you know me, right? I always yeah. notice when it's shit <laughs> <Yeah>. directing. <laughs> when it's shitty. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, if, it, I mean, if you say that about my fair Paul Verhoeven movie, we're going to have problems, but this movie is okay. Um, yeah, look, I'm not saying the story is not good or the writing's right. not good. No, 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 right. no, 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 no. no. It's directing. just his directing. I, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a right, fan right, of. Right. Now he does get better with the movies he does progressively, but with this yes, one, I, I, I think this was his first English speaking movie. Is that right? Was it? What? Uh, I think so. I, I, don't quote I, me. I, I fucking haven't no, looked I'm, it up. Not quote me. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But um, uh, I. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if it is or not because after this he did um Total Recall I believe mm. and then and then he did my favorite Starship Troopers I believe um yeah 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 uh I Starship think- Troopers is your favorite of his Yes I love Starship Troopers so much <laughs> I like it too Oh did he make Basic Instinct? I'm just looking him up now. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. Oh my god! And he made Showgirls. Yes, he did. Oh my god! That's a fucking classic. Show, yeah, yeah. Showgirls, <laughs> classic. I I love Showgirls, and every time I say that, people say the oh, the only reason you love Showgirls is because no, guys, Showgirls is awesome. Showgirls is so bad, it's good. That's yeah. what it is. That's yeah, what that's it is. A- that's the it's point. so horrible. It's, it's actually so a good movie. Good. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about that one one day. Oh, oh my! Oh no! I can't. Like I, I just there's um there's only so many boobs I can take and like vaginas in a movie. I can take. There's, Honestly, I just fucking can't talk about that. There's just, yeah, there's too. Many. But we should because that would be actually fucking hilarious. No, no, yeah, it'll be fun. We think we should think about it. Yeah, that that would be funny. Maybe we'll put it on the list. Okay, so moving on. So after the hospital scene, we've got a POV a POV of someone lying down. We don't know really who it is. And it looks like we're kind of looking through an old computer screen and there's there's doctors and there's suits swarming around. Um, and then we see the guy who brought up the Robocop program and he comes in and he's looking at the this PO, like he's looking at the camera as if it's like somebody, but we don't know. I mean, we don't really know who this somebody is yet. So he steps in and then um, he says that, uh, he signed a, a contract with the Detroit police, um, and we can we can do basically whatever we want with this guy's body. So right there, you're like, oh, this is this is Murphy. This is and but it's so callous. We can do whatever we want with his body. And it's like, whoa, that's pretty fucking shit. Because and this is one of the huge issues I have with this movie. Murphy has a wife and son that's really never brought up. It's brought up in a few scenes. But it's not now. I know people have an issue with the with the remake of of RoboCop, but what the remake did that this didn't do is that it brought an emotional component in. It brought the wife and the child in. It it made his motivation wanting to get back to his wife and son. That's what the which it didn't happen in this movie. The motivation in this movie for Alex Murphy when he actually gets his memories back is revenge, which is okay. 
but it's not really emotionally, you can't really connect to it because not a lot of people have gone through what Murphy has gone through. But um, losing people you love, um, pretty much everybody has gone through that. So I did like the remake because they went that route, which I thought they should have gone with this one, but they didn't. And we got what we got. Not saying it's a bad movie, but I'm saying that that he's got all, his wife and son was never really brought up, and that's a, it's it's just a huge missed opportunity um, for me. So anyway, um, they're doing whatever they want with his body. They now bring him into frame, and he's got this. No, they bring into frame this cybernetic body that you don't see what he looks like yet. Um, but it's going to be his new body saying, this is going to be your new body. And then we cut to everybody clapping and it's all done. We still don't know what he looks like yet. It's all done. It's, he's all, you know, suited up or whatever it is. Uh, but again, we haven't seen it. And, um, he, but we do kind of see it because as he walks out of the room, there's like a, there's like a TV screen that he walks past and you can kind of see what his helmet looks like. You get a kind of glimpse of him, but anyway, that's, that's that scene. And that's my rant about the. Uh, wife and son <laughs> before it. his his wife and son are barely even mentioned like there is that one scene early on that we talked about where murphy and lois are basically at a coffee stand and murphy mentions that he has a son but he doesn't mention that he doesn't mention anything about his wife and we don't even find out what his wife looks like until he goes to their house later on but also i really really like the way that kind of Paul Verhoeven hid what he looked like for as long as he possibly could. And I also like how we saw his POV of what he was becoming as, as they were, as they were doing all the updates to his new body. I really, I really appreciated that as well. And how, and how the people working on him were having parties and holidays and, 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 and you know, and how his, how his display would cut out and come back up. I, I I thought that that was uh, very, very interesting. So now we're at the police station and the suit, the suit guy that, you know, runs the Robocop program, he brings in Robocop for the first time. And we first glimpse him. I actually did like this shot. For everything I'm fucking saying about this guy directing, I did like this shot where we glimpse him behind frosted glass. He's walking behind frosted glass. So you can't can kind of see him, but you can't see him. And then he walks and he turns into a room and all the police officers like gun it down the hallway around the bend to see what he looks like because they're running to the other side of the room, the other door, because they're like, what the fuck? Who, who the fuck is this guy? Um, so they are, no, actually, before I continue, before I forget, what did you think about the shot, the frosted glass shot? Because I liked that. Yeah, no, 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 no. I no, I absolutely loved that shot of him of him, you know, slowly, slowly passing the frosted glass and having the cops run all the way around to see who the who the fuck is who the fuck is coming. But I also really I also really appreciate the way that Paul Verhoeven showed how Robocop moves. Because every time he moves, you hear like this this clunking sound, like this robotic clunking sound. Every time he moves, and I absolutely love that, but I love the frosted shot just like you do. Let me tell you about something about the way he moves. Now, Paul, he didn't want Robocop to move like that. He wanted Robocop to move very sleek, very like really? snake-like. Yeah, he didn't want really? him to move like that. But unfortunately, Peter Weller in the suit, the suit was so bulky that that's actually yeah. all he could, yeah. that's what he could do. 
and they tried to make it lighter and they tried to get him and and Peter Weller was just like, I can't move any other way. The suit is too heavy. And Paul was like, all right, we'll just leave it like that. And Paul was happy. When he saw the final cut, he was like, oh, that actually works. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you know, you know, but you know what? Moving, having, having Robocop move slinky and slithery wouldn't have worked very much. But the way that Peter Weller decided, the way that Peter Weller could move in the suit was genius because it's like a robot and he's supposed to be a robot anyway. Exactly, exactly. So now, so the cops are all at the kind of, it's like an in-house shooting range. And then Robocop steps in and he pulls his really sleek gun out and he's shooting the, the targets and all the officers stop and they walk over to him and they watch him and he's like, he's fucking dead on the target. Like he doesn't miss, he's dead on. And Lewis is watching on. Lewis is there and she's watching on. And once Robocop finishes, he does the same gun twirly thing that Murphy did before he holsters it. And she kind of goes, what? Like you could see something. She doesn't say anything, but she, you can see her going, wait a minute, I've seen that before. Like why, why would a robot do that? Why would they even teach him to do that? So I, I love that because it's like a setup and, and a payoff. And this is what, this is what pushes her into going, into investigating a little, not that she does, she should have because I like it when they do research, but it pushes her to second guessing, wait, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I really love that scene with all the cops at the shooting range because first you see Lois and she's she's shooting the hell out of a target thing, but all of a sudden the camera shifts over, the camera shifts over to the end of the shooting range and you start hearing this loud noise, da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. what the hell is that and like you know and then all you see is 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 robocop's shooting hand and then you see the massive awesome gun go bah, 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 bah. it's it is it is loud it is awesome and as a kid i wanted that fucking gun so much um yeah it's a cool but gun. it all it, it is it is also great that they pick up the hat on the ground that they dropped off earlier for murphy doing the little uh gun twirl because mm-hmm. you're right. Why? Why would a why would a robot do something so specific? Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned Lewis. I don't like the way how Lewis is sort of non-committal in this movie. She mm-hmm. really doesn't do any. She really doesn't do a lot of investigating, and she doesn't try and find out what happened to Murphy. She she sort of she sort of like runs into him throughout the course of the movie, but we don't we don't actively see her doing any sort of research at all. No, we don't. Um, that weirdly enough, that they probably should have put it in, but that really like it didn't. It didn't bother me, but they probably should have put her go investigating a little bit more. But they, yeah, because because the thing is, she should be racked with guilt because it's her fault that he got turned to a goddamn shish kebab. That's true, and she doesn't. It doesn't feel like yeah. They look. They could have given her an arc. They sh- they could have given her a little uh, sub story to weave into it, but they 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 didn't. They kind of just stuck yeah. with with Murphy. But they should have. So now we're at a convenience store, and a man pulls a gun on the clerks, and they go, "Give me all your money!" You know, typical typical shit. And so Robocop comes in, and this is the first time you're seeing him in action. And the man fires. He's got a shotgun. The man fires on him. I uh, no, he's got a semi-automatic. I think not a shotgun. No, um, the man. Yeah, yeah. So the man fires on him, but Robocop is like bulletproof. So bulletproof. So the fucking bullets just fucking fly off him. And then he walks up to the guy and he bends the front of the gun. 
<laughs> like, just so, <laughs> so fucking, the tip of the gun. <laughs> yeah. And then the he barrel. throws him, yeah, the barrel of the gun, sorry. And then he throws him into the fridge. And then he looks at the clerks <laughs> and he says, thanks. And then he just leaves. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was like, but I was like, shouldn't shouldn't you grab him and take him to your patrol car? Why did you just leave yeah. him there? I was thinking, like, so what? Are you, are you calling it in? Are you leaving him there? Like, what the fuck? No, yeah, but, that was a bit weird to me. No, but you know what? But you know what? I bet I bet he called it in. But if it was like so weird that he left him there. Yeah, there probably should have been another scene. But anyway, so I didn't write in these down these scenes, but there's like two or three more scenes of him like like fighting crime, how he does it, which I really, really, really liked. So because it shows the audience he's bulletproof, he's really difficult to take down. Um, you know, he's a crack shot and all that stuff. So it just showcases uh what what he could do. You know, you know, as mm-hmm. a kid, I, I just want to just put this yeah. in just real, yeah. as a kid, I had a Robocop doll. Oh, cool! And it was it was so. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't like one of those big, you know, expensive ones that they make now. But it was so cool. And mm-hmm. I would I would often I would often put my RoboCop dolls like my RoboCop doll. I would make him team up with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just as a, as a kid, after I got over the the the, the traumatic thing, I mm-hmm. I used to watch RoboCop all the time, and it was it's just a great movie. You know, they've been trying. I don't know if they've probably given up now. They've been trying to make a Robocop versus Terminator movie. That's true. I've heard that. that. I've heard that. <laughs> but like, that would be so stupid. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, to be honest with no. you. So now, um, so Robocop is in the police station and he has his own kind of room in the police station where he sits and kind of, I don't know, fucking recharges or whatever it is. And he starts having memories of his human death. And they're just kind of little flashbacks. And then he stands up and just starts walking out of the station. And his handlers who are there going, Whoa, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? What are you doing? And he's not taking orders and he's supposed to he's supposed to take orders from them. He doesn't take orders. He's just fucking walking out because he's just mentally fucked. I find this scene so um look, out of this entire movie, this is the scene where I go, that is so like, stupid. Okay, yeah, you know. So stupid. So anyway. So stupid. Lewis sees him in the hallway and she stops him. She stands in front of him and she says, do you remember me? And calls him Murphy. And he kind of stumbles back and then he says he has to leave. And so he walks past her and walks out and gets in a car and goes away. And then one of the fucking handlers, right, so absurd, one of the handers yells at her, what did you say to him? What did you say to him? And I was like, what? And then they're, they're trying to blame her that he left when he was already leaving and they're, like, interrogating her. Uh, how does that make any sense at all? He was already fucking leaving. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. No, this scene is absurd for so many reasons. Number one, when he's charging down, first of all, when, when he's in his charging station, he should have like they should have a kill switch for him because if you have something that expensive yeah. there's no they, there's no fucking way that you're going to allow that individual or whatever he is to go walking out of the police station so you needed to have a kill switch yeah, you needed you, you needed to have a kill switch on the guy and number 2 why in the holy fuck do you think that he's going to stop if you say stop right there, like it was so dumb how these fucking technicians <laughs> thought that he was going to stop. And also to your point, 
blaming Lewis for him escaping is so fucking dumb. <laughs> it's so and, and and also also that that is telling me that they don't want to deal with the upper with the upper echelons or, or they don't want to deal with the guy who created the RoboCop program. So they're gonna yeah. so so they're gonna blame Lewis for their mistake. But the, Which but the probably scene, won't happen. Yeah. But the scene in itself is so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's just it makes no sense. So Robocop has fucking gone rogue, I guess, and he pulls up to a man robbing a gas station. Now, this it, this is the guy that when Murphy busted into the steel mill, this is the same guy. He, basically, it's one of the guys that killed him, so it's one of his killers. And it's the same guy he said, dead or alive, you're coming with me. So this is like a round, this is like a fucking payoff, right? So Robocop approaches and he points his gun at him because this guy's trying to fucking hold up this gas station. And he says exactly that. Um, Dead or alive, you're coming with me. And the guy looks at him and he remembers Murphy fucking telling, fucking saying that. And he says, wait a minute, I know you. I know you. You're dead. We killed you. We killed you. And Robocop is kind of, he's standing there and it's like, huh? And the guy jumps on his bike. He's so fucking freaked out. He jumps on his bike, tries to speed off. Robocop shoots his tires. Um, The guy goes flying. And Robocop asks him, who are you? And then that's that's that scene. But that's a good scene because it's because he's already kind of had that memory jolt. Um, it's a it's a good scene for him to for them to push the story forward into him remembering more of of who he was. No, that's a very good scene because of two reasons. Because he's already had that he's already had that nightmare, and it also picks up a hat on the ground from before in the steel mill when he encountered him when he was still a man. So it's a very, very good scene. Yeah. So moving on, we have uh, Robocop. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not laughing. I like this movie. I'm not laughing. He walks into the police station and he hacks into the police computer files. Now he's, now he's got this metal spike that comes out yeah. of his knuckles. Yeah, and he it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, it's like a. Uh, I'm sorry, it's like a. I'm sorry about, sorry about that. It's like a, it's like a USB port thing. Yeah, and he puts it into the slot. I don't know why there would be a slot that perfectly fits his spike, <laughs> because it's not like technicians are walking around with spikes. So that that was a bit like funny to me. Convenient. Um, it was convenient, perfect. It was a bit convenient. So he puts it in, yeah, like a USB, and he's um, he's looking up computer files and he uploads a photo because when he can record um, footage and take photos with his with his helmet. So he uploads a photo he took of the guy from the gas station and he gets a hit and then he looks up his accomplices and pictures start coming up of all the men that killed him, including the crime boss, Clarence. And it says he... He, he, looks at, he looks at Clarence's file and he says he killed a cop called Murphy. And then he pulls up that file and it's got Murphy's picture. And even though you can't see Robocop's face because it's half, it's half um, covered by the helmet, you can see that he's got recognition. I don't know how Peter Weller does this, but you can see that Robocop recognises him. And then he, he pulls up an address for Murphy. And I really, really look. Other than the spike coming out of the knuckles, that makes no sense. It's a good scene because it pushes the story forward. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look. That scene, that scene is great. The other thing that really pissed me off about the scene is that everybody seems to believe that if they tell Robocop to stop from going into some place, that he's going to stop. Like, 
Like when he tried, you know, when he woke up and he went on his little joyride, and we came, when he came into the fucking archives, this little nerdy guy thought, you know, <laughs> just just by telling him that, just by telling him to stop, he was going to stop. So that always really ticks me off. But you mentioned when RoboCop finds, you know, get gets the IDs of the guy at the gas station and and and. and and finds Clarence and then finds his own file. Peter Weller is such a good actor because he can emote so much with the bottom of his face. Yeah. He just, 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 just his lips. And just by the way that he sort of, uh, exacerbates his mouth when he's, yeah. when he's looking at his face and then he sees his address. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, that's the mark of a good Fespian actor. And I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people give, or gave Peter Weller a lot of credit for how he acted while he was in the suit. No, that's true. That's true. So now we go to, he's gone to the address of Murphy's address. And this scene is a little bit weird to me. And I'll explain why I feel like it's, it's a bit out of place and weird. So he goes to Murphy's address and it's, it's, it's empty. So his wife and son have moved out. Um, we don't. The one thing we don't get is a time frame on on Murphy's death to when he became RoboCop. Did it take two years? Did it take a month? There's there's no time frame on. Not that we need it, but I like fucking time frames. So anyway, he goes yeah. to the empty house. He starts he he starts getting memories back of his wife and son as he as he walks through the house, and they haven't they set up that he was married and had a son, but they didn't set up the emotional aspect. So this scene actually means nothing. It's not emotional. It's not, it, it meant to me, it meant nothing. Now I understand they kind of had to do that, I guess, but his wife and son kind of never come back into it, <laughs> which I think it's a, because again, this movie is about revenge. It's not about wife and son. So the fact that he's kind of remembering his wife and son it doesn't motivate him. It doesn't give him uh, more courage. It does. It actually does nothing for the story. I thought. No, I I completely agree. I completely agree with you. And you know why it doesn't work? Because his mm. wife and son, his wife and son, were not present in the movie before he became RoboCop. Yeah. Like, 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 like the only thing, the, the only thing that we know about his family is again that scene with Lois and Murphy outside of the coffee shop where he mentions he has a son. But other yeah. than that, we never meet them. They never they, they they never go to the hospital to see him when he's all fucked up. We never see them except in these flashbacks. So it so 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 this emotional uh story point that they're trying to put in the movie doesn't work because they didn't set it up at all. It just came out of fucking yeah. nowhere. You know, yeah, and it's which, a, yeah, and, exactly. And the other, the other thing, it's a waste of real estate because yeah. we don't feel we don't feel anything because we because we never meet them. Yeah, yeah. Which is again what the remake did, which yes, I think yes. it did well. Not that it's better, but I think that they really they really caught on to what we caught on to. Like, no, we, yeah, maybe no. we should make it this. No, I mean, you know, I mean, the the one thing that the remake does is that. And the remake, Robocop's prime motivation to, 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 you know, to get fixed is because he wants to get his family back. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and, and in this movie, his motivation is revenge. So you just could have taken out the entire family aspect and just yeah. focused on him getting, 
revenge on Clarence and his crew. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So now we are with Robocop again, and he goes to a nightclub and he's looking for one of the guys that, that, that killed him, and he finds him dancing on the dance floor, and he asks where Clarence is because and the guy doesn't know he goes oh i don't know and so fucking robocop grabs him by the hair and fucking yanks him out but a little bit of trivia about that scene is um peter weller he because it was dark in the nightclub he actually couldn't see out of the visor and he had to he said he had to do this so many times he had to walk down the stairs but he couldn't see and then he had to maneuver through the nightclub but he couldn't see (laughs) to the guy and then he had to do his he had to do the whole scene basically um, he couldn't see. Okay, but here's the, if he couldn't see, why the fuck didn't they have a guy off set saying, okay, walk, one, two, three, stop, guy in front of you, hand, you know, why didn't they do that? What's wrong with that? I don't know. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe they didn't think of it. Well, I don't know. But, that, but that's so simple. And also, also, that the, the guy would have been so simple to take out. I know. I know. Yeah, you know, right. fucking actors, actors were fucking tough as shit in the 80s. You know, you know, <laughs> they don't need also, people to tell them. But but also, but also I want to say just real quickly, God bless Peter Weller, because it, that that yeah. the Robo the Robocop suit is fucking awesome, but that thing must have been like a fucking Bastille thing. It must yeah. have been torture to wear that thing. Yeah. So uh the Robocop program guy, um, he he has. He's What's at his, his house. Name? Oh God, I don't know what his fucking yeah, name is. Bob. Do you want to call him Bob? No, 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 no. I know. I know. I know. I no. I think it's. I no. I think it's Buddy or Bob or something like that. I don't know. Let's just call him Bob. I can't even fuck. I just fuck. I don't remember his name. I don't care. Let's call him Bob. He's Bob. Um. So so he's at his house and he's a dick. He's got two girls there. He's fucking doing cocaine. He's like, yeah, this is fucking the best life ever. Um. And him and Dick Jones. Um, they're rivals because remember, Dick Jones was the inventor of Ed Two Hundred Nine. Ed Two Hundred Nine didn't go down well, and then this guy slips in to to the fucking big head honcho and goes, "Hey, I've got a Robocop program." So he totally stole his thunder, and so they are kind of warring back and forth. So anyway, this the Robocop program guy is at home. He's a, he's a real dick. He gets a knock on the door, and it's Clarence, and he's like, well, "What the fuck do you want?" So the girls leave, and. He's he basically beats him up and says it puts he puts the TV on and there's Dick Jones saying you know you shouldn't have fucked with me and you know now you're gonna go down and all this fucking villain eighties villain bullshit. And Bob, Bob, sorry, Bob, is it Bob? Bob? Yes, yes, his name. See, I knew it was Bob. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> his name is his name is Bob Morton. I'm sorry. Go there ahead. There you go. There you go. Um. So anyway, Clarence comes in and he has this um uh grenade and so he un. What is that thing? The little ring thing? He takes it off. He puts it on the table yeah, and he walks yeah, the out. Yeah, pin. The pin. He takes the, yeah, the pin out. He puts it on the table. Um, he walks out. Uh, but this grenade is fucking, I don't know, a movie magic special where it has a fucking countdown timer of like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, on the grenade. <laughs> on the fucking grenade. Um, and then Clarence walks out of the house and then kaboom. And then the Robocop program guy is um, fucking dead. So that's yeah. our scene. Yeah, by the way, uh, um, the the Robocop, um, uh, Bob, Bob Morton, Bob, he is actually a wonderful, he was actually a wonderful actor. He died of cancer a couple of years ago. But the yeah. cool thing about him is he is actually George Clooney, he's actually George Clooney's cousin. Um, oh, okay. No, but I, you know what, you know what, I, I know, look, 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 
I've seen this movie a hundred times, and I look. I I don't think that the Bob is a big is he's a dick, but he's not he's not as big of a dick as as uh, as as Jones is because Jones yeah. is a really really big dick. But also yeah. I, I but but also I think that was just a a scene that was necessary. It was kind of sad, but it was necessary. Yeah, it was. So now we're back with Clarence, and he is in a basically a cocaine warehouse and he's trying to do a deal with a with a drug dealer um uh and then until robocop busts in because remember robocop dragged that guy out of the nightclub so the guy obviously talked and now robocop knows exactly where clarence is and so he busts in he shoots up the joint he basically bashes the shit out of clarence and (laughs) meanwhile meanwhile clarence is admitting i work for dick jones i work for dick jones He's on camera because Robocop records fucking everything, right? He's admitting yeah, I, everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I like 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 I, I I couldn't believe that scene and another scene that we're gonna talk about because these people have to know that this robot is a big giant recording machine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's like, well, like, what are you doing? But I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, the next so so these two are kind of these scenes are kind of connected, so uh, Robocop arrests him, and then and then this this is so stupid. Um, this is he he walks into the Detroit Police Department with Clarence handcuffed, and he pushes him up against the like he um the what is it the, the counter the counter sorry the counter and he says book him, and he walks off, and the guy behind the ca- the police officer behind the counter says the chief. The chief, right? Oh, oh, even worse, right? Yeah, and he says, worse. he says, what's the charge? What do you mean? What's the Clarence has been all over the TV that he's at large and he's a cop killer. What do you mean? What's the charge? What do you mean? What the charge is? It was so fucking stupid. It was so stupid. <laughs> what are you talking no, about? You know, no, and the other thing, the other thing that's so absurd is that Robocop just fucking shoots him over there by the desk and he starts walking away. And the thing that Robocop says, he goes, book him. He's a cop killer. I'm like, book him. He's a cop killer. How about saying book him? He killed me or yeah. book him or, you know, or book him. He was trying to sell drugs or or say something that actually makes fucking sense instead of saying, oh, he's a cop killer. I mean, he is a cop killer, but the the, the chief was just like, this guy is like a wanted criminal. What do you mean? What's the charge? It was so fucking stupid. I was like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Um, Robocop goes to see Dick Jones because obviously Clarence has just admitted Dick Jones is the problem. I work for Dick Jones. So he waltzes into his office and Dick Jones is very, very smug. And you're wondering why he's so fucking smug. This guy's coming to fucking kill your ass. And, <laughs> and so he tells him, he's like, you are under arrest, right, as he fucking talks. And Dick Jones is like, all right, well, fucking take me in. Take take me in. I'm, I, I surrender. And then he goes to arrest him and then he begins to kind of malfunction. And you're like, wait, what's going on? And then Dick tells him he put an insurance policy into his programming that if he tries to arrest any senior member of the um, OCP, he will go into total shutdown. And it's like, oh, that's pretty smart. I liked that. And then Dick brings out Ed 209. And then there's a, and you're like, oh, there's going to be a fucking showdown. There's going to be an epic fucking cyborg against fucking robot fight. And there is. So there's a fight between Robocop and Ed 209. Um, this is what, this is what I found quite, quite funny again. Um, 
Robocop runs down. So he's trying to run away because he can't really fight him uh, because he's still malfunctioning, right? So he runs down the stairs and that's basically Mm -hmm. what does Ed Ed 209 in. He ca- Ed can't stairs. go down the fucking stairs. <laughs> he, tri- <laughs> he trips and he falls down the stairs and he's like on his back, like he can't get like a cockroach and he fucking can't get back up. And I'm like, that's it. But the other, the other funny thing is, once he falls down the stairs and he gets in the back, he's like on his back. He starts having a tantrum like a little child. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And then RoboCop steps outside and he's confronted with like fucking a lot of armed men, and it's basically Dick Jones is like militia, and they no, it's the cops. Fought- is it the cops? It's the cops because they, because the they would because they were dressed differently. No, but the, no, but the, no, but the thing that the thing that's really distressing, yeah, is that is that why the why in the hell would the would the cops believe why in the hell would the cops believe that this person is dangerous when this guy has been working for you guys and and, and doing good within the community? How could they be so fucking like the cops in this movie? Most of the cops are such fucking clones and such fucking like like. Just like I'll do whatever you say, it's so annoying. Yeah, but that's what they—that's what they are in real life. They're yes men. They do what they're right. told. They don't. They right. don't. They're basically. They don't get paid to think. They get paid to take orders. So whatever right, they're order, it's like the military. They get paid to take orders. They don't think. They just. They just do. They. They just. That's their job. They just do it. Whether that's right or wrong, they just do it. So um, yeah, he goes outside, and uh, they all fire on him. And, like, oh, my God, it hurts my heart to watch this scene. He gets lit up and he's trying to run away. He's trying to flee. He's on his oh, hands and knees. And I'm like, oh, damn. my God. Because it's a repeat of his death. That's why it has such an impact. But this time yeah. it's the good guys that are killing him. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. And so this movie kind of sets up who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Do you know what I mean? Because this has happened yeah. to him again. And it's like there, it, it's kind of he. Paul is kind of questioning, like, Really, who's the good guys and who's the bad guys? Because if the if the if the good guys just do whatever they're told, then are they really really good? And I liked that kind of psychological thing that he put in your head, like mm, you think these guys are good, but look what they're doing, kind of thing. So I really really like that. So anyway, he's trying to flee, and then Lewis pulls up in the car and kind of grabs him and hauls him into the car. Um, which yeah, I so I did like that scene. What say you? Yeah, no, 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 no. That scene, that scene is really really sad and it's really really affecting because like dean just said he's reliving his trauma his traumatic thing of being shot to death and the thing that makes it more sad is he's running away he's trying to cover himself up he keeps and he keeps falling and these cops like a bunch of locusts are just following him they're shooting him shooting him shooting him shooting him but i'm so glad that lewis shows up and takes him away because it's just yeah. it's just so sad to see him be lit up like that by people that he works for yeah it's funny because lewis um i really like her character um sorry i really like the actress because she's in a lot of like 80s like horror movies so she's kind of like kind of like iconic right so when she was in this it was like oh cool but her character i like but her character only shows up when she's needed she doesn't have an arc she only shows up when the script calls for him to have help (laughs) no she doesn't no 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 like 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 you mentioned, she should have been she should have been more affected by what happened, but she, mm. and and she should have been shown doing some research to figure out what happened to him. But the thing yeah. is, after what happened to him, 
she seemed to be, she just seemed to like, okay, my partner died. I'm going to go, I'm going to continue doing my job. So it was like, it was almost like she didn't care. Yeah. Or she's used to it. Because remember, cops get killed all the time. So they must be used to the death count of the cops. So. Right, right, right. Is what is kind of what I thought, but anyway, they should have fleshed her character out. They didn't. So anyway, Clarence is out of jail because he works for a fucking the person that owns the police. So he's out of jail and he waltzes into Dick Jones's office. Now, funny yeah. trivia: um, the the secretary, right? That he 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 hits on to, he hits on Dick Jones's cemetery. A cemetery. Fuck me. <laughs> secretary. Secretary, right? Uh, which is like totally like gross. And he thinks he's the shit, right? But fun fact: the secretary is actually um, that actor's wife in real life. That's cool. That's, that's his, so that's, awesome. That's, that's his wife. So I thought that's that that was awesome. kind of fun trivia. So anyway, so he um, Dick he tried says to pick to up him, his own wife. He tried to pick up his own wife. Yes. So <laughs> Dick says to him, "He needs to. You need to kill Robocop. Like you just you need to fucking kill him um, because he has video of you saying that you work for me." So you fucked up bad. You need to go and kill him. And Clarence kind of says, like, like I don't have, I, do you have access to military-grade, like, weaponry? And Dickie's like, yes, because <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing that's going to kill Robocop. So anyway, that was that short scene. Any thoughts? Yeah, I. you know what? I, um, look, look, look. My, my favorite character in this movie, I mean, regardless of what we have said about her throughout the film, but my, one of my favorite characters in the movie is Lewis. But I also think... Mm. That I think that um, the actor of Clarence in this movie is so so great because he's that mm. sort of he's sort of that charming, nasty, disgusting guy that you love to hate. Yeah, and yeah. in this particular in this in, in this particular scene when he speaks to um, uh, Doug Jones, um, he goes, "Hey, Dougie boy, how you doing?" So it's like he's like he's like you mean very, Dick? Very, you mean Dick yeah, Jones? Sorry, sorry, I did it again, Dick Jones. <laughs> So I did. Ah, damn! I can't get it right. I I absolutely love this scene because the way that Clarence talks to his boss, I really yeah. really love it. And I also like the line when he says, "Oh, we have high high we have high firepower. We're basically the military." Yeah, yeah. So now we're with Lewis, and she she's um driven up to um the steel mill it, i think it was the same steel mill that murphy was actually killed in it looks the same oh oh my god that would what like 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 i don't like, know it's traumatic why would you go so back traumatic. there i don't know so she shows up um and she walks in and robocop is there and she goes i brought you a few things that you requested including an electric drill and so what he does is he drills the the what are they called? The, the nails screws. out, the screws. Sorry, the screws out of his, out, out of his helmet, and he takes his helmet off. And it's such a listen for 1987. It's such a good effect that it they have. Right. There's, it's not CGI. It's all fucking practical. You know how I feel about no, practical shit. Yeah, no, it's 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 Peter Weller. It's Peter Weller in the fucking suit. It's man in suit. Yeah, yeah. And the way that the, they've done his head and they've they've got the shit in the. Oh my god, it's just so it's good. So good. It's just so good. Um, and I like that because then you get to see his face and then you get to see his emotions and stuff like that. So I really, really like that he took um, his eyes took too, off. his blue eyes. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, he takes the screws out of his helmet. Um, and then it's funny because he says he doesn't remember his family, but he can feel them. But that doesn't make sense because he does remember his family because he had flashbacks. 
Yeah, but so I would. Yeah. So I would. I would reverse that. I would say I remember my family, but I can't feel them. That's what. That's the line of dialogue. It should have been. Yeah, but the whole. Yeah, but I mean, look. I mean, we've discussed it already. His fa- the, the the story point of his family should have been excised from this film because it didn't fucking work because they 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 dedicated no time to it. Yeah, that's true. So now we cut to Clarence, and he's he's showing off his new weaponry toy, which is basically like uh, it's basically the same as a bazooka, but it just looks a little bit different. <laughs> uh, it does the same thing a bazooka does, and then and apparently he's got like five or six for all of his gang members, and they're they're just they're just in Detroit shooting up the town. Nobody cares. No, he's actually blowing up uh, apartment store buildings. But the reason why nobody cares, and the reason why everybody's running a free fall, is because the cops who said they were mentioning going on strike early in the film on strike, are now yeah. on strike, so there are no cops anywhere. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. So his Clarence and his crew show up at the steel mill, and one of the guys. <laughs> Okay, so there's this huge fight, right? There's this huge fight. Um, uh, one, I wrote down basically the, the 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 points where I, which I thought was was good about the fight, because I'm not going to write down the whole fucking fight. Um, one of the guy, this this is this is um, one of the iconic scenes where one of the guys driving the van misses, uh, is driving towards Robocop, misses him, and then plows into a, like a toxic waste tank. And he emerges and he's basically, it's such good practical effects. He's it melting. His face it is, is not, his whole body is, again, no CG, all practical effects. It looks fucking gross, but it looks so amazing. Great. It looks so yeah, good. And they, yeah. And then, um, and then, you know, he comes to an end when, when Clarence hits him with the car and when Clarence hits him with the car, he explodes. He like disintegrates. <laughs> yeah. It's so, <laughs> so great. Funny. It's so great. I was like, oh, my God. And then Clarence and Robocop are kind of having a a, a standoff um, until, and then one of the other dudes uses a crane and he drops all this, like, metal, like, debris on Robocop. So it kind of, like, he can't can't move. It kind of incapacitates him. And then um, uh, Lewis, Lewis is there. She grabs one of the bazookas that one of the dead guys has left and she fires it at the guy operating the crane and blows him up, <laughs> which is kind of fun. It's kind of, again, she's there when we need her to be there. Clarence tries to kill Robocop. He's just, it's really kind of disturbing watching that scene because he's just beating the shit out of him. Like he's just like so fucking, it, it comes from, a, it doesn't come, it doesn't come from a place of like, um, Oh, I have to kill no, you because it. you're going to no, kill me. Angry. It comes from a place of yeah, it comes from a place of anger. And the actor, um, Kirkwood Smith, plays it so well that you can yeah, feel really. that he fucking hates Robocop. It's not even like, oh, uh, it's my life against yours. He fucking hates him. And it's just it comes through. Do, this guy's such a good actor. It fucking comes through. Do you think do you think that Clarence ever put it together that Robocop is a guy that he killed in the warehouse? I don't know. Cause, cause Clarence never says, "Oh, I remember you. I, I, I fucking killed you in the warehouse." Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't, I don't know if any of the others did as well, unless the other guy from the gas station told him. Like, I don't, because that's the guy that's melted, so he was yeah. alive. But we don't get that scene. So anyway, Clarence no, tries to kill Robocop, and then Robocop, um, uh, it, it has that, you know, that pointy, that sharp thing that comes out of his knuckles. He the releases the US the USB port. <laughs> he does that. <laughs> and he he plunges it into his, Clarence's neck. 
And you're just sitting there like, ow, 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 fucking ow. And then Clarence fucking dies. Fucking that's it. Fucking Clarence dies. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. No, I know. You know, I think that, you know, I think that scene is great because, you know, you mentioned that Clarence's veracity toward Robocop. Robocop is, 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 he has all the metal shit over him and Clarence has got this big, metal pipe and he keeps bashing robocop over the head again and again and clarence takes the pipe thing and he jams it into robocop's sternum and poor peter weller screams his head off uh, because he pierces his armor and it's just so so vicious and so so visceral the other thing that happens that's really cool is lewis blows the shit out of that guy who dropped the green shit on robocop it's really great yeah yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, that whole scene is just the, the, the showdown scene is great. So uh, Robocop arrives at the headquarters of Dick Jones because we're not fucking done with Dick Jones yet, okay? He's the final fucking piece of the puzzle. So he, he arrives the at the headquarters. Yeah, yep. So an Ed 209 is guarding the front. And so Robocop gets out of his car and Ed 209 is there and you're like, oh, they're going to have a fight again. But then Robocop just pulls out one of the bazookas he grabbed from the dead bad guy and just blows it blows his fucking head off <laughs> and i'm like oh cool that works and so he just he does it and then he just, just fucking strolls into the building and dick jones is having a board board meeting and he walks into the board meeting and he still can't hurt them right he can't hurt any of the fucking board members so you're like well what is he gonna how is he gonna do it like what is he gonna do and he puts he gets his little spike thingy out and apparently this boardroom has a fucking spike USB port just like the fucking police archives had. <laughs> and he yeah, plays man. he plays um a video of of Dick Jones basically saying that in the beginning of the movie when he was introducing Ed 209 everybody thought that Ed 209 malfunctioned but he actually programmed it to kill this board member and he admitted it he goes I didn't like this guy I killed him I made it look like a mistake blah 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 blah. and then everybody looks at him like what the fuck and Dick Jones is like no no, no." he's trying he's fucking weaseling his fucking way out of it no 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 no, that's not what happened blah blah blah. I mean there's fucking it's fucking evidence um so anyway he grabs a gun why there's a gun in a boardroom meeting I don't know but anyway let's just move past that he grabs a gun and he grabs his boss and he puts a gun onto, up to his head and he's like, you can't hurt us, you can't hurt us, you can't hurt us. And then and then, literally like the best line in the movie, um, the, the Dick's boss looks at him and he says, Dick, you're fired. And Robocop says, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. And now he can Boom. kill him because he doesn't work for the company anymore. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um. And this is the last scene of the movie. And the boss, and as he, he shoots Dick, Dick falls out the window, goes Flat. and as robocop is walking out the boss says nice shooting son what's your name and robocop turns around and he says murphy and that's it that's the end yeah no no the the ending of this movie is great because you know robocop shoots up you know shows up at the office building he he dispatches at 209 but mm. the final scene in the boardroom when everything is revealed and dick's boss says Dick, you're fired, and then Robocop says thank you. He shoots him, and he goes flying out the window. All great stuff. Um, yeah. Do you want to go on to your trivia? Sure. So, first off the rank is most shots of Robocop getting into and out of a car is him going to preparing to get in and stepping out of the car, right? Because 
Um, the Robocop suit was actually too big to fit in the car. So the shots of Robocop in the car, Peter Weller was only wearing the top half and the bottom half was his underwear. <laughs> Oh well, okay, okay. That's, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's 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 guerrilla filmmaking right there, folks. Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, The Robocop suit was so hot and heavy that Peter Weller was, on average, losing three pounds of water a day just by being in the suit. Yeah, until they figured out a way to kind of put like a cooling system in it. Jesus, you know, you know, you know. Again, again. God bless him. God bless him. Um, the spike thing, the US, the spike thing that comes out of his knuckles, um, there's a reason that it's a close-up because the two times he uses it, it's actually a close-up because it wasn't actually a part of the suit. It was separate. So they had to use a close-up pretending that it was a part of his suit, but it actually <laughs> wasn't. So it was separate. <laughs> and also the gun holster that he has in his side, that's actually a separate piece as well because you'll notice every time he puts it in his suit, it's a close-up. So that's actually not in the suit that he wore. That's actually a separate piece. Oh, okay, okay. Which I thought was quite good. Um, the suit, the suit costs cost between five hundred thousand and a million dollars to make. Oh my god! What? Where did they make that thing? <laughs> I I don't know. I but, but apparently it was heavy. <laughs> apparently Peter okay. Weller couldn't move in it. Um, wow, okay. And there were there were seven suits used throughout the whole movie. Okay. And my last. Amount of my last trivia is uh, Rutger Hauer was in line to play Robocop, but he was actually too big to fit in the costume because Peter Weller is 5'10 and they needed someone really slender to to fit in the costume. So we could have had Rutger Hauer as Robocop, which would have been good. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, look, 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 nobody, you know, you know, nobody sleep on, on, on Rutger Hauer because Rutger Hauer is great, but yeah. But I, I believe that Peter Weller makes RoboCop what RoboCop is. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, you, you know, you know, just, just, just from speaking from, you know, the reality that we got. Maybe in some other distant reality, we have uh, a different version of RoboCop somewhere. But I think that Peter Weller brought everything that he could into the performance, and it shows. Yeah, it does. It does. So that's it. That's the end of my trivia. All right, guys. So uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Mixtape Podcast. Listen, guys, if you like anything that we do here at all and you want to reach out to us with suggestions of what we should cover in the future or just tell us how awesome we are, we are. We, uh, uh, you can reach us uh, by emailing us at themixtapepod at AOL.com. Uh, but if you guys are going to come back next week, uh, next week, we will be talking about the 1980. Oh shit! Next week, we will be talking about the. <laughs> ni- oh. What are we talking about next okay. week? What are we talking about next week? Okay. What's next week? Okay. I want to know what next week is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Are you telling okay, us? Okay, okay. Okay. I will tell you. I will tell you. It's so um, <laughs> All right. Okay. Ah, oh, here we go again. Okay. Uh, so next week we will be talking about the 1992 film Cuffs. It's a, it's a cult classic guys. So I hope you will come and join us for that one. But until then, as I say often, if someone is ever kind enough to make you a mixtape, that must truly mean that they love you. The mixtape podcast is a balloon head productions presentation.